0: Welcome back to another episode of The Scores Table. I'm William Robbins. A little bit different of an episode here. We'll explain in a little bit, but first we got to introduce Julian McKee. What is good, everybody? Obviously, you know what?
1: NBA is, is in hiatus, obviously. You know, world is crazy right now. Who knows what's happening with everything, but you know what? I'm happy to be alive. I'm happy to be here another day. I'm not fucking Anderson Cooper out here giving you the news breakdown. shit. I stay away from the news as much as I can so I don't get depressed in my house and shit like that. Anyway, me and Will Robbins, my boy, we are are still doing our thing. We are still plugging along and still immersed in the world of basketball as always. Will, thank God for hashtag NBA Together Live.
0: Seriously. So... So yeah, so the funny thing is, so when the season when the season was officially called, we actually had a podcast scheduled to go up that day. It's a, it was uh, a
1: great podcast, too. And
0: it was, uh, I believe, what, what, what did we talk about that one? I think we talked about uh, the Cavaliers, and I think we also talked about some MVP predictions. Yeah, that,
1: it, that feels like a decade ago. This. Exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly. Remember when, remember when the Cavs fired John Beeline? <laughs>
1: oh, that was great. That was great.
0: But... But yeah, that's kind of what we what we had been going on. And then the season ended, we figured there was no point in uploading that podcast, obviously. So we've just been kind of on hiatus trying to figure out what we're doing in our own lives, what we're doing for everything else. But we got a great podcast here for you guys today.
1: We couldn't leave you guys hanging. You know what I'm saying? We couldn't leave so, ourselves hanging. We couldn't leave anybody hanging.
0: So the concept of this podcast started because uh, the Hall of Fame introductions, uh, or the Hall of Fame... Um, people were announced that are going to be in this year, some of the, the NBA people that made it, Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, one of the best classes of Hall of Famers all time. So we then we just started discussing, Julian and I over text, what, because like, obviously we, we have a lot of issues with the Hall of Fame. We've complained about it before on this podcast. We kind of just figured like, all right, as soon as Mitch Richmond made it, as soon as whoever else made it, then it was like, okay, this isn't really the best it could be. Mhm. And the other day we saw a post on uh, I feel like, I think Bleacher Report put it up and it was like, is Andre Iguodala a Hall of Famer? And I was like, no, like no. <laughs> no. So, but in the in the current Hall of Fame structure, he probably is. You can make a case. We were talking just the other day. I think when
1: the Hall of Fame was first being announced, I think Will you texted me about maybe Chris Webber or yeah. or so uh, Chris, Chris Bosch. Bosch Chris Bosch it was Chris Bosch yep. we we're talking about him we started we got into talking about Chris Weber. and then just uh this past week cuz we were already we have been working on this for a while guys we've yep. been working on this for a while this is this has taken you know arduous uh yeah. that's the right word it's taking research watching highlights this games this is one of those Chris, episodes all that, that shit. we
0: had kind of scheduled for like a summer episode like in the dead of summer but mm-hmm we got a lot of more summer episodes yeah. coming. <laughs> Although, one of, our, one of our summer ideas, we'd mentioned it before, was our uh, our, our looking back on uh, NBA draft classes. looks like the Ringer kind of just took that and ran with it. So yeah,
1: I mean, at least the Ringer's doing a better job than Bleacher Report, who's doing oh, yeah. redrafting. The, yeah, no shit. Adam Morrison wouldn't go in the lottery. Actually, Adam Morrison might go in the lottery again if eight, no, M-
0: see, MJ were still the Charlotte JM. See, but. See, that um, was... <laughs> And that was the thing, though, because, like, so we're eventually still going to be doing something similar to that, but we're not going to be doing, like, a redraft. We're going to be just doing, like, an analysis of, like, okay, what happened here? Mm-hmm. Like, like, why were all these players drafted after Alonzo Ball? Like, that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Will could write his thesis paper on that. Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> so, so today's podcast, our, this is our concept. Let's pretend that Adam Silver called us and said, Will and Julian, we want to blow up the Hall of Fame and start from scratch. How would you guys do it? And this is what we came up with. Rather After than have one Hall of Fame, we would like to have multiple wings of the Hall of Fame. So we have Avery, the, yeah.
1: Avery Bradley Plaza in the center where you can eat, <laughs> you, know, so you can get some nice Jamaican food, get of some course. federal, fantastic, some <laughs> fantastic wings.
0: You know the vibes. That's how we're so, doing it. So these are our wings. We have, the, we have the NBA 50 most important or 50 Hall of Famers. So these are not the 50 greatest players of all time. This is the 50 Hall of Famers that we'd feel are most deserving for whether they changed the league, whether they did X, Y, or Z. It doesn't matter. But this is not a top 50 greatest player list. Even though greatness obviously factors in. Of course, of course. But let's say, but let's say, for instance, let's pick, um, uh, like, okay, so typically in a a basketball Hall of Fame, you know, um... Kevin Garnett was a better player than Willis Reed. But who would go higher in our pyramid structure based on career accomplishments, based on everything else that they meant in the league? So that's the kind of stuff that we were discussing with this. A few other wings, uh, as Julian will get very excited about one, I'll save that one for last. <laughs> we have the European wing. We felt like it was very important that, like, so guys like, uh, like, like um, uh, Oscar Schmidt, and even Pau Gasol and Mark Gasol and what they and European guys, what they did.
1: And Drazen Petrovich, there's no Dra- reason Petrovic. that exactly Drasan Petrovich should
0: not be in the same Hall of
1: Fame as Moses Malone. The same maybe exactly. overall building as Moses Malone, but Drazen Petrovich was good for like four years in the NBA. I'm I'm sorry, but like that's just a fact. He was great overseas. Same thing with someone when you think exactly. about Arvidas Sabonis. Sabonis. He's yes. the best example possible.
0: Yes. So then it would be it would be guys like that. Then we also have our our Olympic Hall of Fame. Now this is a, now this is an important distinction because I cannot stand when people use an Olympic resume to get into the NBA Hall of Fame. Congratulations Andre Andre Gudala, you won a gold medal, but you're supposed to. You're from your team USA. I don't care that you won that. What I do care about is that Manu Ginobili won one. Mm. He belongs in the Olympic Hall of Fame. <coughs> Carmelo <laughs> yeah, exactly. Carmelo belongs in the Olympic Hall of Fame. Then we'd yes. also have the NCAA Hall of Fame. That's mm-hmm. where guys like Melo would go. Christian Laettner, uh, Doug McDermott even, uh, Pete Maravich, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the greatest college player of all time. Mm-hmm. Those kind of guys. And then Julian, I'll let you introduce our very last wing. The the best in-game
1: entertainment wing. We're calling it the, the B.I.G., best in-game be- <laughs> best in game inter- uh, no best in game BIG entertainment hall of fame it's about to be crazy we're breaking down all your favorites guys Ricky yep. Davis my boy the eighth grader Lance
0: Stevenson <laughs> we're we're breaking it, we're breaking it all down so those are the kind of things that We'll have we'll have different wings for but this is the wing that we wanted to start off with Oh and in the basement we got the role player hall of fame too Oh forgot about the role player hall of fame of course that's guys like Bill Lambeer, Andre Iguodala that's where he would go and uh-huh. so on. Um but this, but this list that we're going to start off with today is the 50 most deserving players to be in the NBA Hall of Fame.
1: 51 actually.
0: Sorry, 51 players. We'll explain that in a little bit. Uh-huh. So right now we have we have a few tiers. So we have tier 1, tier 2, tier 3, tier 4, tier 5, tier 6. Very simple. But we have we have each tier broken out by a certain amount of people. So the first two tiers make up the top 10 people. So this is not a ranking of, like, this guy's number one, this guy's number two, it's just which tier are they in. So when we when we list players within the tier, that is not in a specific order. We're going to be listing the first, the
1: number one in the tier, and the last person in the tier. And then everybody in the middle is going to be between
0: those two guys. Exactly. All right, so the top tier, Julian, I feel like we're going to have the same exact tier here. Mm-hmm. This is the greatest of all time tier. This is a three-person tier. Mm -hmm. I have Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Oh, okay. Interesting. wow. All right. You know what, Will?
1: Kareem, incredible. Incredible. I've got nothing else to say, but you know what? Shout out to all my Celtics fans out there. (laughs) I'm going the most winningest NBA player of all time, the first real
0: superstar in the NBA, Bill Russell. I'm going Bill Russell number three. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't I don't disagree with that at all. Uh Um. Oh, one thing we forgot to add in the beginning. This is all players post 1955. So this doesn't include guys like Dolph Shays, George Mikan, uh, anyone from that. We 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 don't have in this list. We they're in a
1: separate Hall of Fame. They're in a separate tier. They're they're under the basement. Yeah.
0: It was that was even a more different basketball than anything else. So we didn't want to include those kind of guys. There wasn't a shot clock.
1: Like exactly.
0: There were, there were no black guys. I'm sorry. That's so what, like it's <laughs> So so we so we respect the things that George Mikan and Dolph Shays, those kind of guys did, but th- for all intents and purposes, they're not on our specific list.
1: Exactly. Right. And there's also there's one yeah. other thing that uh we should mention Oh, that's right. There's a ten year service limit. So yes. veterans of the NBA, current players right now. In order to be in this Hall of Fame, you gotta have played for ten years. Yeah. Thus, the cutoff that we're gonna be talking about later, um, James Harden, is I believe he's ten years. I think he's yeah. actually the cutoff. He is. So yeah. So Kawhi is nine, nine years.
0: And Kawhi in is- a later
1: episode, a few episodes from now, mm-hmm. we're gonna be breaking down all the all your favorite recent players who are under the ten year limit and how they would fit into
0: our tiers. Yeah, exactly. So if you're listening to this and you're like. You're like, they have, they have Steve Nash, but no Kawhi Leonard? It's like, yeah, but Kawhi hasn't played 10 years. So we'll, so we'll get to that kind of stuff in a later episode. But right now, you have to be retired or have played or currently in the NBA for over 10 years. All right. Uh-huh. So the Kareem-Bill Russell debate. That's a tough one. And I, I, I admit I struggled with that one. Here's the reason why I went with Kareem. All-time leading scorer. I think that he's somehow actually one of the most underrated players of all time, even though mm-hmm. he's widely regarded as as, a, as one of the best. But he won six championships, two MVPs. He was a six-time MVP, 19-time All-Star. He was just a fantastic player. And when we're looking at this list, I feel like you have to factor in longevity. You have to factor in everything else. I just feel like if I had to pick between Kareem and Bill Russell, while Bill Russell is probably the greatest teammate of all time, I would put Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the player, just barely ahead of him. And when I say just barely, I mean like by the skin of his... Or what is the expression? By the skin of his... uh, Teeth. Skin of his teeth, yes. Mm -hmm. And I I mean, honestly, I don't even really have much of a
1: debate. I just think that there's something about... When we're talking about the, the tier one, the, the top of tier one, I feel like winning and not just your your impact in the stat sheet. And I'm not saying Kareem wasn't, you know, impactful in other ways and, and, and was a bad teammate and stuff like that, but man, Bill Russell. There's of course. It, 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 it's it's fucking Bill Russell. Maybe of the best defensive player. You can make a case he's the best defensive player of all time. Of course. It, it, all that stuff. And personally,
0: I've actually got Kareem starting off tier two. Okay, so I have actually Bill Russell starting off tier two. But this is the last thing I'll add about Kareem. And this is the thing that just put him over for me. Okay. He has the single most un- unstoppable shot in the history of basketball. That is true. That is true. And when you think about Bill Russell, yeah, he was he was the best shot blocker or whatever, but he didn't have that offensive move that makes you go, "Oh wow!" Like that's like Kareem was so good at Kareem was so good in college that they banned dunking, and mm-hmm. obviously we're not factoring dunking into this, but that's how elite he was.
1: Yeah, and I and another thing about Kareem, you mentioned his longevity. I mean, Kareem was at least very good until he was thirty nine, which is, I mean, part uh, partially yeah. because of his great hook shot and partially just because he took care of himself. He and also Kareem wasn't just like doing load management and shit kareem was like 35 years old and playing 80 games
0: yeah yeah mm-hmm. i mean and the other thing that that that's that so great about kareem is he proved he could win as a number one and number two option
1: that's a good point point.
0: and he was able to transition into that second act of his career so well and we don't know if obviously we don't know if bill russell could because he only played 12 years mm-hmm. but i feel like with someone like jordan jordan didn't transitioned very well into no longer being jordan oh by the way by the
1: way something about jordan transitioning to not being jordan well i sent you this post this this week i think bleacher reporter slam put it jerry stackhouse had according to fans jerry stackhouse had the balls to say oh i was better than michael jordan on the wizards and it was I'm, i'm paraphrasing here but it was tough because he still thought he was the best player on the team you know what I think anybody who needs to, who who who, uh, who thinks that Jerry Stackhouse is wrong slash a dick slash he's just he, he shouldn't be saying that. You know what? You need to not talk to me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You need to just not talk to me. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. MJ was washed. I'm sorry. I understand you're still an alpha. Wasn't able to transition to the second half of his career. All that. But you well, know well, what? Half. It was only like it, two seasons. But yeah. Jerry Stackhouse yeah. was better than Michael Jordan right then. Okay. That's that's all I have to. <laughs> that's just my piece. Will the yeah, floor I mean, is yours once again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just that's one of the huge things with Kareem is I look at this as if if you are saying okay, I get Kareem's entire career, you get eight, what did I say, eighteen or nineteen years of Kareem
1: mm-hmm.
0: being, if not the best, the second best player on a championship team,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I feel like I feel like that's that's a lot, and plus you can build your entire offense and defense around him, but Bill Russell obviously. If, if he's not the bottom of the GOAT tier, he's the very top person of the mm-hmm. uh of the second tier. So let's 25, go the second tier twenty five rebounds a game,
1: eleven I mean, titles, yeah. speaks no, for no, itself.
0: Phil Russell was absolutely incredible. one of the best, if not the best, teammate of the mm-hmm. time. He's up there with Tim Duncan. Um and- Phil Russell so he, is that even if he would scored two points in a single game, you could watch and watch a game until he was still the best player on the court. Mm-hmm. Which is near impossible. So, so, so yeah. So let's so let's 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 start off with a little Bill Russell here, just because we did a little about, about Kareem.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, uh, so the NBA has made their archive open to the public uh, during this pandemic, and I have been watching a, a lot of '60s basketball because I'm <laughs> fascinated by it. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I've honestly watched more '60s basketball since since the NBA season got canceled than any other era. Wow. I so I feel very educated in talking about Bill Russell and Bill Russell right now because I was, mm-hmm. I was I'm, I'm obsessed with those teams. Sam Jones, Tommy Heinsohn, Bob Cousy. After watching Bob Cousy, like you can't tell me that he that that he is that he is overrated. He is a he was a fantastic player. Absolutely. And. It's it's funny because like you see like one clip of him shoot and you're like who shoots like that? But the thing is like people didn't even know how to shoot a basketball yet. Mm-hmm. Paul Arizin people when Paul Arizon came in people were like whoa. Yeah, I mean I mean it's, jumping like, whoa. Yeah, I mean people didn't even realize like hey maybe you shouldn't have the left hand your shoot with maybe you shouldn't be shooting with two hands or maybe you shouldn't only be shooting with like your left hand completely off the ball like people didn't even know like to tuck your elbow in at that point. Uh-huh. So I, that's why I feel like though, that era specifically, actually, it's more impressive what they were able to do while having absolutely no idea what to do.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, so Bill Russell, incredible player. We don't even need to explain his resume. Uh-huh. He leads off this tier. So this is who else I have in the tier. We'll, and, and, I, and I'm pretty sure we're going to have the exact same list. Who's your uh, number 10? The bottom part of this list for me. Probably Shaq. Oh, interesting. Okay, okay. Let me hear so what's, who's in the middle. People, the people in between. I have Larry Bird. Magic, again, this is in no order. Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Wilt Chamberlain, Tim Duncan, Kobe Bryant. Okay. My, I am
1: starting the tier with Kareem. Okay. And yep. I am ending it with Hakeem the Dream. Interesting. In the, Hakeem in that tier. In the middle, we have Bird, Duncan, Shaq, Magic, and Wilt Chamberlain. Here's the thing, Will. I gotta so I,
0: say, I heard no Kobe. Did you say Larry Bird?
1: Yes, I did. Okay. So Bird was actually a candidate for number four. I actually thought about uh, dropping Kareem to in the middle, but I I decide I, I'm I'm happy with my decision to put him at the top of that tier. Okay. Here's the thing. When when I went back to do my statistics, to do my research, videos, all that shit. The the four players that I kept going back and forth. Who was who was I gonna finish off tier two with and start tier three with? The four names: Hakeem, Kobe, Jerry West, and Oscar Robertson. Okay, I was I, I could not stop deliberating. So I have the other how I was gonna.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I gotta say, by a hair. And maybe this is recency bias because I was just watching um, Hakeem play uh, Ewing in game seven of the the Houston Knicks finals on, okay. on NBA together last week um, honestly I will say this if you if, to all my workouters at home watch that watch the old NBA games while you're working out it makes it, it it's fantastic it makes home huh. workouts even better anyway um, there's something that stands out to me about Hakeem in his era he was the best center of his era and i think people know that but playoff round after playoff round he decapitated Ewing Shaq and Robinson yep. i'm sorry that's 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 the murderer's row like that's that's the murderer's row and i was thinking that if i if i if we were doing a fantasy draft of who we would if we were an expansion team who we would build a team around I would actually take Hakeem over Kobe. I would. I'm sorry. I would do okay. it. I would do it. Just looking at what an incredible shot blocker he was, which people actually forget. Obviously, you know, his footwork, dream shake, all yep. that stuff, putting up 30 a game, and, the, I, and rebounding. And, and, he, just, he just fits into a team, Yep. I think, better than Kobe does. And that's not really a knock on Kobe, other than the fact that, you know, I mean, Kobe had like a five-year stretch of his career where his teammates hated him. He was a complete dick. He was—nobody liked him. He was—his teams weren't—I understand his—I mean, I'm the biggest—I'm one of the bigger Mitch Kupchak critics you'll find, period. I mean, his teammates weren't up to par. <laughs> but, I mean, this is the same man who gave Terry Rozier $60 million as, as we well chronicled on this podcast.
0: However— Wait, $60 million for, like, 60 years? <laughs> <laughs> that, that That's not terrible, I guess. <laughs> they listening to an assistant coach, still paying him. Oh, Oh. for three years. Oh, oh, oh. (laughs) whoa. All right. So, yeah. Um, I, okay. I agree with a lot of what you said. Let's, all right, let's let's go through the other guys in the tier before we get fully into that debate. Also, real quick, Hakim won two titles as a player, so did Kobe. Yeah, yeah. Although, I think that Kobe might
1: have been better than Shaq in the last title run. I don't think so. I actually blame Kobe some for that last title run. I think he kind of screwed up the chemistry in the locker room. And I might be biased because I read Phil Jackson's book, and he was extremely critical about Kobe. Yeah. Um, his, I mean, obviously, because that, that was the, the rape trial year where he was flying back to Colorado oh, no, on I'm the sorry, weekends. I'm talking, about, I'm
0: talking about the last year they won. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Because I believe the last Kobe year they won. and Shaq's stats were almost identical. I think, if anything, Kobe actually scored more. I'm trying to remember, but... um. Yeah, so, so okay. Like you said, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Wilt Chamberlain, Shaq, and Duncan, we all had agreed in that tier. All shoo-ins. All shoo-ins. And obviously, I said Russell, you said Kareem. Those are agreed. So mm-hmm. we don't really even, even need to discuss any of those guys. I will say this, though. I just want to say one quick thing about Shaq. Or, sorry, not, uh, not about Shaq. Uh, about Tim Duncan. Mm-hmm. I think that he's actually become underrated since he retired. I agree. And this is a guy who was and 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 later in his career Kobe Bryant kind of became the more more talked about player but uh-huh. Tim Duncan was a better player than Kobe Bryant if Tim you Duncan, think
1: Kobe is better than Tim Duncan you need to check into a rehab program or or like start watching basketball or something i just don't trust your opinion that's crazy that's, that's crazy was the town. best
0: player in the nba for 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 a, for a while
1: Tim Duncan and Shaq aren't really even on the same level, and I'm a huge Shaq guy. I love Shaq. I love yeah, watching if his, his anything, old
0: games. If, it's funny because Shaq, Shaq is the most physically dominant player of all time.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Besides, I mean, Wilt Chamberlain's out there, but I'd say Shaq is more physically dominant. Yeah, I mean, Chamberlain was playing against, like, six, eight guys yeah. named Stuffy, but, so, like, let's yeah. come on. Uh, but uh, granted, I think that if you took Wilt Chamberlain and just dropped him in today, he would be just as good. I agree. He was still be nasty. He was he was incredible. But but Tim Duncan won 5 championships, he won the same amount as Kobe. He won Did he did they both win 2 MVPs? Um, um let me
1: see. Not sure actually. And Duncan won 4 as the best player.
0: Yeah, yeah. So so Tim Duncan won 2 MVPs. So he won more MVPs as well. I just, I look at what he did, the chemistry he built, and obviously Greg Popovich was a fantastic coach, but Kobe had Phil Jackson. Uh The chemistry, the the locker room that they built, the sustained winning for almost 19 seasons, it's just, and again, again, like what I mentioned with Kareem, Tim Duncan being able to transition into the next part of his career. Uh Even in the very last season of his career, when he was playing, what, like, 20 minutes a game or something he was playing yeah he was playing 20 25 minutes a game he was still valuable to the team he was still averaging nine and seven he was still he was still and i believe he was in the running for defensive player of the year that season too Uh huh. so even at the very end of his career he was able to still find a way to to help winning and he was able to smoothly transition excuse me smoothly transition from from him being the best player to the kind of Tony Parker, to then Kawhi Leonard. Uh-huh. That, Kobe Bryant would not have let that happen. And and I and I I think Kobe Bryant is an incredible player, one of the best scorers of all time. Obviously. Obviously, he is one of the clutchest players of all time. The degree of difficulty on some of the shots he made. And I actually think that that early career Kobe has become underrated in comparing the rest of his career. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So that's why I have Kobe at, at, at the end of my tier here, just because I feel like if I was building and and Hakeem, I think, would actually be better in today's NBA than he was then, uh-huh. just because of, just because of the spacing he would have had, the the f- more freedom he would have been had because he was a fantastic playmaker and he wasn't really uh-huh. that freedom back then. And he can run the floor. Exactly. So he would have been putting kind of a Jokic like role today. Oh, my God. Uh, of I want I want you at the high, If I I want you at the free throw line, making place for others. Uh-huh. But I just think that Kobe was a Kobe was a little bit better of a player. I think that the cultural impact he had, how every every young player wanted to be Kobe. And that's completely fair because I have someone
1: that I think you're gonna disagree with how high I have him. Okay. Who who a lot of my grade for him is his cultural impact, and I and I completely understand that. You know, with Kobe, I just I'm I just gotta take Hakeem by a sliver. And the funny thing about when I was uh, going between Hakeem, Kobe, uh, the logo Jerry West himself, and, and Oscar is that I actually had each of them as number ten. Multiple in different in different moments in this past week. Yeah. I was really I. I'm I was tempted to put Jerry West above Kobe and Hakeem actually. I was tempted. I was tempted to put Oscar Roberts in there maybe just because of pressure because I did look at some other lists kind of just out of amusement and also just to see if I was forgetting anybody. Yeah. But Oscar, you know whether that was his fault or not, and I guess uh, now we can kind of transition into tier three. Yeah. Um he was he he was a notoriously bad teammate. He was surly, people didn't like to be around him. Yep. Um and you know, I think a lot of that probably is at fault of, you know, the horrid the, the racial climate at the time, especially when he was coming up and the shit he had to go through, obviously. Um, but I I just had to I, I, I just because he never won a title as the best player on a team, I had to drop him to number four in my list of those four guys.
0: Yep. Yeah, so that, that was another rule I had for my for my top 10 in particular. Um, you had to have won a title. Mm-hmm. And that... Sorry, you had to have won a title as the best player. I mean, excuse uh-huh. me. Yeah. And, and cause I, I, I had also considered uh, some guys like that. But I just feel like in order to be in that elite group, you had to have been the best player on a championship team. Now... To get into that next tier, who did you have as the top and the bottom player? Tier 3, 11 through 20, I have Kobe, number one.
1: I give him credit for—I don't really give him credit for a few of the all-star games he made because obviously the last one was just like, thank you, Kobe. Um, and the bottom of Tier 3, I have Elgin Baylor, the best player ever to never win a title.
0: Okay, so I have my high end of Tier 3 as uh as hakeem and my low end as sorry i lost my place there my low end as actually this is a the tough one I, I would probably go charles barkley sorry sorry carl malone carl malone oh interesting interesting so these, so. Are, so these are the players that i have in here okay i have dirk charles barkley julius irving hakeem jerry west steph curry Oscar Robertson, Carl Malone, Moses Malone, Kevin Durant.
1: I have Jerry West, the logo himself, Oscar Robertson, Dr. J, John Havlicek. Whoa. Kevin Garnett. Whoa. Kevin Durant. Okay. Moses Malone. Did I say Steph Curry? You did not.
0: Steph Curry and Elgin Baylor finishing out tier three. Okay. So that's, So you have no Dirk, you have no Charles Barkley, and you have no Carl Malone. Chuck was tough. I had Chuck in
1: – I had him in the top 20. I actually did. And then I just ah, – he wasn't the best player on a title team. And though I'm obviously so not – But now there He wasn't. And though I'm not penalizing Shaq for wasting a bit of his potential – I feel like I'm waste I'm penalizing Barkley a tiny bit. He could have been better. He could have been better. And I'm not I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it because of that. Barkley's an incredible player, especially looking back. He was fucking he was like 6'4. Yeah. Know, rebounds running the floor. Barkley is someone, especially young Barkley. He he would still hold up in today's NBA. Yeah, I'm I mean in on, I'm in on young Barkley now. But I, I just, I gave Elgin Baylor the tiny edge. I gave him the tiny edge, and John Havlicek, looking at, especially what a lot of players said about him, among him in his generation, one of the most team-first, respected guys you'll ever find. 13 All-Star games is nice, but at the end of the day, this guy has eight chips, not, not always as the best player. And he was also fortunate to have Red Auerbach, obviously, to come in. Mm-hmm. as part of like the Russell Heinsen era and then get someone like Dave Cohen's to be a running mate with him. Yep. But I gotta give him the edge and put him in tier three. Okay. So why no Dirk? Dirk 14 all-star games, best player on a championship team, and should have argue,
0: should have won two championships. I I was about player. to say
1: that you could you you could make the case. I still actually think the Heat were a better team. But you can you can absolutely make that case because Dwayne Wade was shooting like 30 free throws and crazy shit was happening in 2006. But Dirk is tier four to me. Dirk is tier four to me. I looked down okay. my list of tier three and I just couldn't bear to put him above anybody. I'm sorry, I couldn't I I couldn't find room for him. Okay. I still had to give it to KG.
0: I had to give it to KG. So you, so you put KG above Dirk? Yes. Interesting. Okay. So I have so the ones that we agreed on were Julius Irving, Jerry West, Steph Curry, Oscar Robertson, Moses Malone, Kevin Durant. So uh-huh. let's, let's start off with Julius Irving. Let's talk about the ones quickly that we agree on first. Uh-huh. Julius Irving is he was he was Jordan before Jordan. Julius Irving is someone. If you look on his Wikipedia
1: page now, guys, I'm sure that you're gonna be like, ah, oh, he was like 20 and 8 in the NBA. That's fucking nice, you know. I you know a lot of people do that nowadays, but. Not only was he a monster in the NBA and and won multiple titles, you know, in in the ABA and NBA, NBA I believe, um, but he's someone where his influence and impact on the game is something that you have to put in another category. That just shoots him up a whole other way. And there's someone next here who I'm going to get to, uh who who did it in the exact same way, whether it was his afro, whether it was him like acting in bad movies, whether it's just the sauce he had, all that stuff, man. Dr. J, just a fucking legend. He's Dr. J. Yeah. He invented the dunk contest, essentially. He didn't invent the shit, but he like he was the dunk contest. He had one of the most single, significant moments
0: for young fans. So I don't want to sound like a fucking old historian, but boom, yeah. there you go. So so the thing with Dr. J is he won two, two ABA championships. Obviously, he's the best player. He won one in Philly. But Dr. J... The way he played, just the smoothness that he played, he he. I mean, I, I I know I just said this, but he was he was Jordan before Jordan. He the way he could glide, the way he could dunk, he he had a, he had a decent mid range shot. His his Afro, he played with the chain. There was so much about him that just you. He was he was, he was the first really cool NBA player. I feel like. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. All right. So we, so we agree on Dr. J. Oh, and, and another important thing. You look at his NBA stats, and you're like, okay, he only won one championship, whatever. He won, I mean, his, his best few years he played in the ABA. And mm-hmm. it's not like the ABA was like some slacky league. I mean, he was still playing against guys like Rick Barry, uh, Dan Issel. Like, he was still playing against really good players.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he won two championships, and he won three MVPs in that league. Yeah. So he was he was just as good there. Uh-huh. Julius Irving, though, did you did you hear the theory about the Nets Julius Irving curse? What was it? I feel like I heard. I feel like I saw something about that. I don't remember though. So when the Nets came into the uh, came came from the ABA to the NBA, they were so cash strapped that they basically just sent. Um, uh, sorry, excuse me. Um, the the Virginia Squires that he was on in the uh, in the ABA. Wait, well, I'm sorry. I'm am screwing this up. I'm screwing this up. He came from the Squires because he was cash strapped, because they were cash strapped. And then he got when when the Nets came into the NBA, they had to pay a fee to the Knicks for coming into their NBA territory. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is, I did see this. I did see that. Which is actually, which which actually. I mean, you're gonna listen now and be like, oh, I got some Knicks, whatever. That's actually a pretty common thing. Like like the the Clippers had to pay that. The Nets had to pay that when they moved from from New Jersey to Brooklyn, like, it's a common thing. Mm-hmm. But the fee was so high that they had to basically sell Julius Irving's contract to Philly for for money so they could afford to come into the NBA. Jesus. So, so then, then it became, like, the curse of Julius Irving. I don't think it's a real thing, because if they didn't do that, no? they wouldn't be able to come into the NBA anyway. But Is that is that why he, Gian Leon didn't pan out? <laughs> No, it's because they had him play against a uh, folding chair on a practice facility. <laughs> all right, at so, least, it, it at least uh, explains Darren Williams' career. <laughs> yeah. So, so all right, so just to skim over the other ones quick, obviously Jerry West, he's the logo, won a championship, fantastic player, could shoot, could handle, could pass, good defender, great player. The model uh, NBA player. He's he's literally yeah. the, 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 the made-in-a-factory
1: could could do everything. Did whatever his team needed him to do. Play defense, rebounded,
0: passed. Teammates yep. loved him. Good leader. Perfect. Done. Boom. Yep. Done. Hit, hit, hit one of the craziest shots in NBA history too. A full quarter, a full court shot to tie the game. Um, because obviously back then everything was worth a two. Should have won uh, two
1: titles. Yeah. And actually got screwed over because Wilt was a bad teammate, and Elgin Baylor's knees broke down. Yeah. Um, and and, and he yeah, he, if, if not for one shot in, in 1969, he would have won that. And, I mean, he was so good in 1969 when he lost the title, he won. He still won finals MVP. Yes, At least i see only...
0: finals MVP winning the other team. So, boom, yeah. done. I mean, that's only happened once ever. It should have happened also in 2016 with LeBron. Yeah. But I'm saying boom a lot this episode. Damn. <laughs> my, my, my New Yorker is just, <laughs> is just flooding out for me. So, 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 so another guy that we both agreed on, Steph Curry. Uh, we both have him very high. But, I mean, he's... Absolutely transformed basketball. He's the best shooter of all time. He's a three-time champion. He's won two MVPs. He won the unanimous MVP, and he has literally changed basketball. I think, I think honestly, he's changed basketball maybe more than any player ever.
1: Yeah, I, 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 I just, just, just tra- transform the game. That's it. It's a wrap. Yeah. Also, best player on a title team. I mean, obviously, they almost. That almost went seventy-two and nine, you know. I'm over KD coming there and whatnot, and you know, and and, and KD, you know, seventy-three in, and nine,
0: yeah, 70, yeah, yeah. I mean, seventy-three and nine is fucking nasty. I mean, that is It, it is what it and is. Even, and what made Curry so special is that even when Durant was on that team and Durant was the better player, uh-huh. it never became. Not even for like, it it was never a question whose team it was. Uh-huh. It was always one hundred percent Steph Curry's team. The team always revolved around him the team was better when curry was doing well than when durant was doing well that team revolved around curry and i actually think that works in curry's favor how even though there was a player that was better than him on his own team he was still more important to the team and he's someone that you know his
1: impact we're seeing now with a lot of the high school kids that are coming out um but also i feel like if you if you if you go to gyms across the 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 nation you see like high school kids playing
0: kids Kids love to shoot now. Kids yeah, shoot threes. Everyone, they even, they even shoot Steph like Curry. him. They shoot everyone, like him. Yep. Everyone wants to be Steph Curry. So, okay. So, uh-huh. we, we talked about Oscar Robertson. Moses Malone, criminally underrated. I'll let Take you talk bats. for a second about him. Greatest rebounder of all time. Whoa, 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 whoa. Dennis Rodman?
1: Moses Malone was a better rebounder. I'm sorry. <laughs> you Moses, know what his nickname Moses Malone is? Ate up, <laughs> Moses Malone was such a good rebounder. I, I read the other day um that... Um, that, that his teammates used to have a play for him where not really a play, but they would literally throw the ball up at the basket if he had good inside positioning so he could just tip it back in. That's how good Moses (laughs) Malone was. And Moses Malone was
0: so good that he taught Hakeem all his shit. That's a fact too. So Moses Malone played on a lot of teams, but I mean, he was a three-time MVP. He made an, he led the league in rebounding six times. He won a championship. He was the best player on that team. He won finals MVP, 12 time all-star one in the ABA too. Just an all-around great defensive player, great rebounder, great scorer, uh, could win. Has one of the greatest nicknames in NBA history. He was nicknamed the chairman of the boards. Mm. That's a boy. That's a boy. That's a boy. That it's just a great nickname. Criminally underrated in history, I think. I guess he boarded people to death. <laughs> another guy another guy <laughs> that, that we was both terrible. had. <laughs> another another guy that we both had. Kevin Durant. One of the best scores in NBA history has won titles. Has won titles as the best player on the team. Mm-hmm. Now say what you want about how he won them, but he still won them. that one of the best scorers ever. Just nothing else really needs to be said about him. Yep. Okay. So let's let's talk let's talk about. I, I'm curious why you have Kevin Garnett over Dirk Nowitzki. I think KG. In his career, I think
1: he got and, and, and in. I I know I, I don't know if it's fair grading people like this, but you know what? KG played with a shit show for a while. His best teammates were Sam Cassell, Wally Zerbiak, Crazy Latrell Sprewell. Um, uh, what, what what's his face? He he had guys like Irvin Johnson and Troy mm-hmm. Hudson and and, and Trenton Hassel getting yep. big time minutes, and he had he had a dumb GM. Uh, and Mr. Kevin McHale, We're, we'll get to him later in the podcast, you know, actually, <laughs> I'm going to be complimenting Kevin McHale on something. Good, good for, I guess. <laughs> okay. Um, but, um, but yeah, I think, you know, KG finally got a chance to show what he could do in and with, with the Celtics and talk about someone who came up clutch in big games, putting up like a, like a 35 and 20 or something against the Kings. Was it in, in the, in the final game of that series? So was it 25 boards or something like that? I mean, yeah, he, he, he was clutch for sure. KG had the heart of a warrior. He had a heart. He had the heart of a warrior. His teammates responded to
0: it. And I got to give him the edge over Dirk just a little bit. But KG never won a title as the best player. Did he? What? Was KG, are, are we, how, how much better than Pierce was KG? Well, I would argue that in the, in the, 2008 finals ray allen should have been finals mvp interesting and and we'll get to that when, when we talk about ray allen later but that was i would actually put i would say that pierce was the best player on that team well it garnett is garnett was probably okay this is gonna sound so stupid garnett was probably a better player but pierce was the best player on the team I have them both. I know that makes no buddy. sense. I know that makes no sense. <laughs> no, I
1: actually completely understand that because I actually have KG as the best player on the title team, and I have Pierce as the best player on the title team too. Okay. So I'm I'm contradicting myself here, but I will also say this: Dirk didn't completely get it until he finally got his. He got slapped around for a bit when he when the when the We Believe Warriors, Baron Davis, my boy Stephen Jackson, Matt Barnes. Al Harrington, that super fun team beat them up uh after they did the year after they almost won the chip with Miami. They beat them up as a one seed in the first round and yep. I I feel like Dirk was almost just traumatized by that because he got presented with the MVP and he wasn't even in
0: the playoffs anymore. Yep. Um yeah, and yeah. That's, that's that's why they started handing it out before the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not they do it just after, but the a fact, um, and
1: I I think that he needed kind of a kick in the balls to be like, oh shit, I need to change some things, and, and 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 you know he finally did. He finally did. He got the right role players around him at last. He got the right coach around him, and you know I'm not knocking him from from any of that stuff. Dirk is an incredible player. He's he's in tier four for me. But I just gotta. I think KG always did get it. That's okay. One of the, that's another distinction I
0: make personally. So here's why I have Dirk above him. He completely changed how we thought about European basketball players. Okay. And in addition, he also changed how we thought about big men because he could shoot from the outside. And back when he was drafted, remember, they wanted him in the paint. (laughs) I don't don't have evidence, but I'm sure that's a fact. (laughs) And then they realized because they uh, they drafted Sean Bradley to be next to him. Oh, God. And then they realized, huh? if we put dirk in kind of the mid-range area, uh, let him operate in the high post, let him let him shoot his threes, that's actually better for us than if he's just trying to get offensive rebounds or whatever. But Dirk Nowitzki changed basketball more than Kevin Garnett did. Hmm. And when you're taught and and for for how I reviewed the Hall of Fame, the impact that he had to ch- change European how we thought about Europeans, to change how the four position was played to win a title as the best player should have been twice. I just thought, and I and I and I think that Kevin Garnett was a better player, but a better career, I'd have to give it to Dirk Nowitzki. Interesting. I'm not mad at that at all. But I'm, I'm not mad at that at all. I I still I'm
1: gonna keep KG in mind. But if we were making a co Hall of Fame, I would I, I I would let you take Dirk on that one. Okay. That's the well, that's the best you. way I would put it.
0: Are we taking a, Are we doing a co co Hall of Fame too? Sure. Why not? Fuck it. Sure. We got we got time. <laughs> so 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 another another name that I had that you did not. Charles Barkley. Yep.
1: It hurts. Uh, it hurts. I want Chuck in there. I want Chuck in there. It doesn't feel right without Chuck in there. So However, I
0: I don't blame him for not winning a title. And I and I think that you have to and I know that we, we're not including Olympics in this, but it says something that he was the best player on the dream team.
1: I don't know if he was the best player on the Dream Team, but he put in fucking work and everybody, and he stood out from the crowd. He, everybody was like, whoa, Charles Barkley's in shape. He's maybe yeah. not gambling as much. He's, he's not downing as many packs of Core's Light per day. You know what? <laughs> Charles Barkley's an incredible player. Uh, and, and that's a fact. Um, but I would say that I got to give Elgin Baylor the nod. Just, okay. and almost the funny thing is, I'm giving him the nod in a similar way to how you're giving Dirk the nod. I think Elgin Baylor was the first guy to really kind of play above the rim and yeah. how he used his athleticism. Nobody, and, and it's not, you know, I guess other people's fault that nobody was as, as athletic as he was before him. However, I think he absolutely did change the game. And the fact that this guy was like, he was in the service you know he was he was he was going to war or like not yep. war but like you know he was doing his shit at the military base on the weekends but in the weeks he was putting up like 38 and 19 or something that's insane yep. that's yeah. insane yeah I and mean it's like, just, like yeah go ahead and 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 it's it's really sad he didn't win a title because he deserved it um but you know what I also got to give him credit because he retired in the 72 season after like 10 games when he was like I can't beat the player I think I might be holding my team back because I'm not as good as I once was and I got to give the guy credit for that, you know? I got to, and, you know, obviously, you know, he's the GM of the Clippers, provided some great comedy, but Elgin Baylor deserves his roses. I'm going to give him his roses.
0: Yeah, so I I have Elgin Baylor as the top person of my Tier 4. And he was a fantastic player. Like I said, I've been watching a lot of 50s, 60s basketball. I've seen a lot of Elgin Baylor. Um, He was every bit as good as anyone else in that generation. He did, obviously he didn't win a title. That's why I don't have him in this tier. Uh, I, 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 and the way that I don't blame Barkley, I blame Baylor a little bit more just cause I think that his teams were really good. Interesting. Okay. Uh, and I look at I look at Barkley, and I and I think that and I think of how kind of Dan Marley melted down. I think of how he didn't really have anyone else, and when and how it was clear like this is what they're doing. And mm-hmm. I think that they they should have relied on Barkley more, but at the way, at the time, the way the game was played, it was still very point guard um, uh like point guards initiate everything. I think that if the game was if if Barkley played today, you'd look at him and be like, oh shit, he was getting. Four, five, six assists a game. Just play through him. Why do we even have a point guard out there? Mm-hmm. I completely agree. You know, in Phoenix, he
1: was he kind of had a had a good problem because Kevin Johnson was his point guard, and people forget before he got hurt, Kevin Johnson was great. Like he was really, really good. he was, was, he really, was but really he wasn't good. a playmaker. Exactly. That was the that was, the, and, and I think that if you know if the Suns had to do it over,
0: however many years later, they would they would definitely change what happened with Barkley. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, Kevin Kevin Johnson. Uh, Kevin Johnson averaged like nine, 10 assists a game, but there wasn't, sorry, I, I, when I said he wasn't a playmaker, I misspoke. I meant, I meant that he wasn't like, when you have him, you're playing through him in a way that you're not playing through Charles Barkley. Oh yeah. That's the way, that's the way I understood it. Yeah. Okay. So, so he wasn't a playmaker for Barkley necessarily. Mm-hmm. And that's OK. So one of the names that I have in this tier that I kind of struggled with and you didn't have him and I'm not and I wouldn't argue this one really that hard. I have Karl Malone um, just purely because of how dominant of a scorer he was. The best half of the best pick and roll combo in NBA history. We can move on to tier four because I'm happy to discuss Karl Malone. OK, so let's so this is this is who I have in tier four. I have, I have the top as Elgin Baylor and the bottom is Jason Kidd. OK, interesting. This is, so this is who I have. Oh, yeah. So we're just interchangeable with Baylor and Barkley because I'm because Barkley starts off my tier four. Okay, so we don't need to talk about either of them, but this okay. is who I have in between: Baylor, Havlicek, Cowens, Wade, Garnett, Pippin, Bob McAdoo, Rick Barry, Jason Kidd, Willis Reed. Oh boy, this is gonna be fun. Okay, who who do you disagree with here?
1: Well, I'll just tell you my my guys. So right. I'm I'm heading off tier four with the Chuckster, and I'm yep. finishing it with. Steve Nash. Really? He's in the yes. very last tier. I'm going Steve Nash. Okay. So uh, you wanna so, so in the will, middle here. Yeah. I have got Allen Iverson. Whoa! <laughs> <Very> <laughs> last I told you for Sam? me too. I told you. I told you. Um I told you I had a surprise. Allen Iverson. Dwayne Wade. Okay. Isaiah Thomas.
0: Whoa! Dirk. Bob Cousy, Whoa. Willis, Willis Reed. Okay. Chris Paul. Oh wow. Okay. Carl Malone. So you have <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I don't even know where to start there. Alright. <laughs> so you have no Scotty Pippen in your top thirty? Scotty Pippen is thirty one. He's he starts tier five. It
1: hurt me, it hurt me, but I had to I had to put him in the, the more second banana type category. Wow. Okay, I don't me. even
0: know where to get it started there. It hurt you, said, me. you said you have Dwayne Wade, right? Yes. Okay, so I wanna start I wanna start with why the hell you have Steve Nash in there because and you know, Allen Iverson. You know what? Steve Nash, before Steph
1: Curry innovated the game, Steve Nash innovated the game. Yeah. And also, by the way, I've got Steve Nash above Jason Kidd. Wow. Yes I do. I'm sorry, I have it. Wow. I have it. I have it. Nope, I, I can't agree. I have it. Ste- where was when was Jason Kidd scoring? He could score a little bit. Steve Nash could. Steve Nash is someone who I think actually got some. Uh, Steve Nash's career should have been better than it was, and it wasn't his fault. Here's why. I feel like Stephen A. Smith right now. Here's why you're <laughs> wrong, Will. I'm not saying you're wrong. You're my, my man, but so Steve Nash's career got a, a bit screwed over in the beginning because Dallas didn't completely know what to do with him and Dirk, and Mark Cuban didn't pay him, so we could pay Eric Dampier seventy million dollars, and Nash went to the Suns. The Suns screwed Nash over because they gave Quentin Richardson a shitload of money. I love Quentin Richardson. That's my guy, but they gave him a shitload of money. They yeah. had to trade him to get rid of the money. I think that led to Joe Johnson not being able to be re-signed. It was just a whole Brian Colangelo masterpiece of incompetence. Mm-hmm. And some I don't know if Robert Sarver was the—Bobby Sarver was the owner at that point. I'm not sure. I think he took over somewhere around there, late D'Antoni-Nash era. Anyway— the, the Sun screwed Nash over there. Nash also got screwed over by the Horry Shove.
0: Yep, which that's is not fair. Really,
1: I'm only counting that for so much. That's also just a stupid NBA rule with, the, with coming off the bench in two fucking feet. Anyway, Nash also got screwed over. Nash also took a team that he got kind of screwed over by his roster because he was playing with – I mean he was still okay, I guess, but he was playing with washed Grant Hill – you know, Shaq was, eh, he was, he was still kind of Shaq, but, he, but we weren't really sure. Amari's uh, uh, injuries, trouble was starting. Um, whatever happened there. Anyway, and in the, late, in the last half of his career, Steve Nash should have still been good, playing at a, at a, if not moderately, decently to high, high level. And his, his, his injuries robbed him. It was sad, you know, with the okay. last that year with Kobe and Dwight. Not that that would have ever worked out,
0: but so, that, so that's screwed over again. So here's the thing, though, with Steve Nash. Most of your argument there was stuff that wasn't his fault or stuff that went wrong, mm-hmm. which is fine. But but OK, so someone like I'll, I'll, I'll use Jason Kidd, for instance, because that's who you said that you you had him above. Jason Kidd won a title as a very important piece. He made two titles as the best he he, he he made two championships as the best player. He was the best player in the league for several years. What he he won um he didn't he didn't win an MVP. How many first teams did he make? I don't was remember. Jason Kidd the best player in the league. Wait, 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 wait. Jason Kidd was the best player in the league? I would argue I would argue that those years, if not the the best, maybe the second best. I would disagree he's the best player in the league wholeheartedly. Really, oh, those artists. years, those years where he made the championship with the Nets.
1: Well, here's the thing with the, with that Nets team, and I'm happy to discuss this Nets team because I had a lot of fun watching the Nets Spurs in, uh, I think it was 2004. It was the second title year, the second time they made the finals. Uh-huh. So here's the thing: the Nets gave gave kid a complete shit show. I mean, let's let's be honest; they gave yeah. him a glorified yard sale of pieces around him, and I give kids so much credit for that. And they gave him Byron Scott. Byron Scott, yeah. I saw him coach. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He was, he was in a coma for three quarters. He was awful. He forgot yeah. Rod- Rodgers was on his team. He forgot Matumbo was on his team. Jason Collins was out there. Jason Collins, decent defender, pretty good defender. Don't get me wrong. However, David Robinson in his final game was just laughing at him. He was laughing at him. He was getting rebounds over him, blocking shots. It was like Jason Collins was invisible. It was like he, was, he, he got superpowers all of a sudden. The funniest thing was Jason Kids was Jason Collins was actually wide open in the post. He was waving his hands. He was saying, "Guys, I'm open!" And the <laughs> Nets actually just refused to pass to him. They completely yeah. refused to pass to him. It was like Rick Barry, um, the reverse Rick Barry. Uh, we'll get to him later. Anyway, um, you know,
0: Kid had a. I wouldn't let Byron Scott coach a travel team. Um, no, no. <laughs> but, but but Jason Jason Kidd was also a far superior defender. He made five defensive first teams, uh, four defensive first teams, five defensive second teams. Steve Nash wasn't a great defender. Kidd could shoot. Kidd could pass. Um, he could not shoot. Kidd could not shoot. Late Kidd good. Kid he could, he learned how to shoot, but he completely yeah, I, did, he, but he but he had
1: no idea. He was shooting like he, was, like he couldn't shoot threes at all. He was he was a brick house. He was like. Yeah, but late, was, I mean I'm not saying he was Tony Allen, but he was he was not good. Kid screwed himself over because he couldn't learn how to shoot. And I will also say, I mean Kidd he made he was, made more
0: threes in his career than Steve Nash. Is that a fact? Maybe is, is that because uh Kid played longer? So Nash made 1685, Steve Nash or Jason Kidd made 1988. So he made 300 more threes in his career.
1: Interesting. Okay, I'm not I'm not going to uh, that 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 shows how great a shooter late career kid was. Um,
0: yeah, and uh, the career longevity.
1: My thing with yes, and my thing with kid, and and the funny thing about these two guys is that they actually both came at kind of the wrong time. Nash yeah. came at it, it wasn't the. It's hard to say because he had so much success with the Suns, but he was ahead of his time, especially early in his career. Same thing with kid. I mean. I'm I'm literally screaming at my computer watching the Nets run their offense. I mean, I don't I don't think Byron Scott was running the offense. The offense was kind of just like it was like an old car in the desert with no gas in it. It was just in, in neutral the entire time. With no plays being run and shit like that. But with Kid, it's like, run, run. He's he's an incredible passer. He makes teammates better. Fucking run. Nobody can make a shot. Run, run, run. Anyway, I sound like I'm in Forrest Gump or some shit. <laughs> um uh <laughs> Terrible movie, by the way. I can't stand that movie. Um, <laughs> this is my latest hot take. Anyway, they were both not in the right era. And the thing with Nash is that even though you can kind of debate one of the, the two MVPs he won in back to back years, Nash's innovation of the game, in the same way that, you know, I, I, I agree that Dirk innovated the game and, and Steph Curry has. Nash was such an important piece of that of the of the of basketball's evolution, and he was someone that talking to everybody, great teammate, and he absolutely he transformed the culture of a team just by walking into the room. So, yeah. I'm not saying this. I don't know if the Suns were a bunch of selfish fucks when he before he was there, but everybody just when he walked into the room, people got it. People understood teamwork and leadership and sharing the basketball and i'm not sure if i can say the same thing for jason
0: kidd okay so uh, so another so another few names that you that i had that you didn't uh dave cowens dave cowens i love him he's 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 just he's a he's just i wanted to put him in
1: tier five but i just didn't have room for him in tier five because so you put him in tier
0: six he's in he's in the top edge of tier six okay yeah, I probably have Cowens a little high. There's two guys in this tier I probably have high. That's uh, Bob McAdoo and Dave Cowan's. Yeah, I've got McAdoo in tier six as well. Okay, so the reason why I'll I'll start off with McAdoo because there's not I don't really have much to say about Bob McAdoo. Um, he won two championships as a contributing piece. He won an MVP, multiple time All Star, made an All NBA first team, uh, led the league in scoring three times. Uh-huh. I just felt like I just felt like. With Bob McAdoo, you—he—he he was a good player. He could score a lot. He could rebound, um, and he proved at the end of his career that he could—that he could be a contributing player on a good team. Uh-huh. Those, those Buffalo Braves teams were not very good that he was on uh-huh. at the beginning of his career. I probably have him a little bit high. I just feel like that he was a great player. Uh, Dave Cowens, two-time champion, won an MVP, eight-time All-Star. Not that this really matters, but he was an all-star game MVP. Mm-hmm. He was just a fantastic player. His career did not go very long, uh, but he could pass. He was kind of he was kind of in that same kind of thing with Hakeem, where it's like if he played today, he would certainly average more assists because he averaged four or five assists a game, and that was back then. Mm-hmm they'd completely run the offense through him now. I just feel like he's another one of those guys where his career gets a little overrated. and I probably have those guys this high just because I feel like they are underrated in history and I wanted to have a minute to talk about them.
1: Uh-huh.
0: But for me, for me Cowens is you know he's almost kind of in a he's almost like a poor man's
1: Bill Russell. OK, in in, in, a, in a way, because especially not really when you look at his career stats, I mean, he was, you know, 17 to 20 points a game, 13, 15 rebounds a game. But,
0: but he was the ultimate teammate kind
1: of guy. He's someone. Exactly. You got to watch him in videos because he's he's flying everywhere. You know, he's he's yelling at people. He's, Always he's starting fights around for a loose ball. Yeah, he he, he 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 just played his ass off. He played his ass off. He's someone yeah. who whose ceiling probably wasn't that high. But his, you know, his his passion and love of the game, I think, took him up a, yeah. took
0: him up another level. I completely agree. He was one of he was one of those guys where he reached his ceiling. Mm-hmm. Like yes, he was the very <laughs> best possible player he could have been. He was an undersized center. Yes, take notes, so, Devin Booker. <laughs> so so we talked we we talked about Havlicek and Baylor. Havlicek, fantastic scorer, kind of bridged the gap between. Uh, Larry Bird and Bill Russell. He was kind of that Celtic star in between. Um, Dwayne Wade. We both have right. You said Dwayne mm-hmm. Wade. Yes. yes. Dwayne, Dwayne Wade won a championship as the best player. Won a few more rings as the second. Um, we don't really have to talk about Dwayne Wade. Won an MVP. Uh, Wait. Well, Will has Dwayne did Dwayne Wade retire?
1: Um.
0: I don't remember. <laughs> Can we have a three-day ceremony to let us know. Yeah, uh, I, I can't. Is that too much of an inside joke, or is it? It's it's too much of an inside joke. Okay, so the <laughs> joke is, Dwayne Wade is literally the most active retired player of all time. Like like we get it. You're retired. You had a three. He had a three-day ceremony this year to retire his jersey. It was like the whole weekend. He's like the rapper who says this is
1: like my my final album and then drops three singles like for the for the next is <laughs> like yeah. touring off
0: of three singles the next year. It's like just just be retired.
1: Like just, young Jeezy. Enjoy,
0: enjoy it. Enjoy. Enjoy your incredibly famous wife. You have a newborn child. And just just be you. Like you don't have to like. It's like it's like every time like Dwayne Wade, Dwayne Wade doesn't want you to forget he exists. Yes, he does not. That's a fact. It's like it's like if you're discussing like the top shooting guards in the league, and you're like you're like you know CJ McCollum, Devin Booker, Dwayne Wade. It's like you know what? I can still be one. <laughs> it's like thanks, Dwayne. Come back on the Bulls again. <laughs> so so another name that you didn't have, and I'm curious to know where you have him, Rick Barry. Rick Barry, Notor- notoriously bad teammate, Rick Barry. Notoriously bad teammate. This is a quote uh, from about Rick Barry. <laughs> quote. Half of
1: the league disliked him. The other league hated him. The other half hated him. <laughs> Rick Barry was racist. He was a dick. Nobody liked him. He was a fucking asshole. You know what? Rick Barry. Just because I don't like you, you're not in my Hall of Fame. Screw you. You don't have him at all in there. He's in the honorable mentions. He's in the wow. honorable
0: racist mentions. Yes. <laughs> okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna overlook all that stuff and just talk about the fact that he won a championship as the best player. He won a, he won the finals MVP. He won an ABA championship. He was an eight-time All Star, won a Finals MVP, was a five-time All NBA First Team guy. I think he's still the best free throw shooter of all time. I think, maybe. I don't. The fact, the fact Rick Barry, anyway. like Rick Barry, I will say in my
1: Hall of Fame, in our Hall of Fame, I do want a framed plaque of Rick Barry's two that he played an entire season with.
0: <laughs> yeah, so 100%. so so the other the other thing with uh, with Rick Barry, he played without a three point line. And he's one of those guys who you know would have been an elite, an elite shooter too. Uh-huh. He he led the league in steals multiple times. He was a good defender. Um, he just, for all that was wrong with him as a player, he ac- he still accomplished a lot. I understand. I'm just, I'm just. No, I get it. Let's... I just feel like leaving
1: tomorrow. Fuck Rick Barry. Let's
0: let's move on to tier five.
1: <laughs> let's move on to tier five here. Oh, we actually – we actually. here's the thing, Will. I actually got to head out in like a few minutes. So you know what? Oh, sure. Let's let's stay on Tier 4 for a minute because I actually think we might have to start the episode, the next episode, with like the second half of Tier 4 because there's actually a bunch of names we didn't even talk about that you had, I think, a tier uh, ahead of mine. So go go over your list again.
0: All right. So in my Tier 4, I had Baylor, Havlicek, Cowens, Wade, Garnett, Pippen, McAdoo. Barry Kid and Reed. So we didn't discuss Reed and Kid. So let's just dis- so, Or sorry, we so Reed and Pippin. So, uh, so let's discuss those two. So mine, real quick, is so I actually have. Yeah, we'll, we'll
1: we'll we'll start next episode with with tier four. I have Reed and I have Pippin. Just he's he's just starting tier five. I didn't feel great about this, but okay, so but I'll work on I that next it. episode. Okay, because <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel good about that either. Okay, Willis Reed, <laughs> yep. legend. New York legend. I'm sorry. No, Will- let's, let's, Reed, let's end with Willis Reed here. Sounds good. Okay, one MVP, two chips, two Finals MVPs. One of the few guys to do M- season MVP, two fi- uh, Finals MVP, championship. Obviously, yep. one of the most iconic moments in like basketball history. You know, just yeah, just playing that game. I forget which game it was, it was in what series, but he was yeah. hurt as hell and he yeah. Warrior one. Yeah, an, so incredible was- mate, an incredible leader. Everybody loved him, and he actually didn't even play for that long. And his stats aren't great in retrospect. But remember, this is the the era where you know you had to play four years in college. Yeah. Um. And, and and Willis was the he was the best guy on two title teams, as yeah. good as Earl the Pearl and Clyde were. He was the he was the best guy on teams that took down Jerry West and whatnot.
0: Yeah. So he Willis Reed was someone that. Again, he was kind of one of those. Um, his impact went beyond the stat sheet, guys. Yes, exactly. And and, and which is the opposite of Rick Barry. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and and the and the opposite of uh Carl Anthony Towns, who is Whoa. not on our list. Well, Rick Barry's impact did go throughout. That's me, true. Like, That's beyond true. the stat That's sheet, true. <laughs> <laughs> That's that was true. a visceral hatred. That's what. It was. That's true. So so a few things about Willis Reed. He was an undersized center, but he was a phenomenal defender. Uh, he won two chips of the best player, like you said, and and that and that game that you mentioned. So this this was during the 1970 NBA championship. He missed game six because he had a torn muscle in his thigh. Jesus, it's insane. So basically, he missed game six and they lost. So they essentially shot him with a horse tranquilizer. So like he Ben Johnson or something. Yeah. yeah. So, so he would Yeah. So he wouldn't feel anything in his leg. So like he he. Physically couldn't he couldn't feel his leg, and he played anyway. They won the series, Game Seven. Uh, he scored the first four points of the game, which were the only points he scored all game. But just having him there kind of propelled the Knicks to win. He won MVP, and then he won, and then they won uh, two years after that, I believe. And he's one of those guys whose career probably would have gone on a lot longer if he played today. Just they didn't have modern, they didn't have the proper medicine to kind of know how to deal with his body. Mm-hmm. Just because he was, he had such a, he kind of had a very Zion-like body. Yeah, he like, yeah, he was he was he was kind of pudgy in a way, kind of like pudgy and muscular. So yeah, so it says he was two forty and he was six foot nine. He was he was very um, Chuck Hayes. Yeah, yeah, he he, was, he just had a big he just had a big body. Yeah, he's Chuck Hayes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Google Chuck is height everybody who's listening to the pod. You (laughs) might, you might,
1: this might, I might have gone over your head. I do say, I have to say, I have to say one remark I just thought about with Willis. Oh, he also wanted to hit you. Yes, I can't feel my legs when I'm with you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Willis Reed is another top ten worst jokes I've ever made. (laughs) Yeah, that's why I just kind of moved on. Willis Reed, Willis Reed is one of those guys who, um. Who just severely underrated in history, but a fantastic player, probably the best Nick of all time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Just That's yeah. a fact. Not Patrick Ewing is Willis Reed. That's a fact. Yeah. I, I mean I, I put I put I put Reed above Patrick Ewing in my list. So does Courtney Lee come third? No, Ennis Cantor does. <laughs> 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 Alright. So we'll we'll end there. Next episode, we'll start off talking a little bit more about Tier 4, Tier 5, Tier 6, and then obviously our honorable mentions. And I feel like honorable mentions are going to be fun because, spoiler alert, it gives us some time to talk about Adrian Dantley. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this week's episode, guys. If you enjoyed, uh, subscribe, leave a rating, leave a comment. We appreciate it. And if you have any feedback about our list or want to talk about it, you can email us, table podcast at gmail.com. Julian, you got anything else to add?
1: I appreciate the scores, have all your support. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, all that stuff. You know, stay, stay lively, stay healthy, all that shit. Do the, do the social distancing, di- distancing shit. Personally, I like social distancing because I don't like being up close to people and shit all the time. Anyway, everybody, have a great week. We will, we will see you. Honestly, shit, we might even record another episode in a few days because yeah, yeah. What, what else? I'm just working and shit. That's it. All yeah. right, but appreciate you guys. See you next week. Yep, stay safe, everyone.